it's amazing the perception that we have of it's not going to take us very long to fix this. But in reality, it might take a very long time. But if we didn't have that perception, then we might not ever fix it in the first place because we might think it's too big of a task to handle. Best ever listeners, do you want to make more money on your real estate projects? Well, I'm guessing that I'm hearing you say, oh yeah, baby. (laughs) Well, guess what, my friends? Today's best ever sponsor, Fund That Flip, is working with well, one of our previous best ever guests who has the most po- one of the most popular episodes, Jay Scott. If you aren't familiar with this episode, then go check that out, episode 217. If you are, because you're a loyal best ever listener, then you know that he knows how the heck to both analyze deals, especially flips, how to optimize the profits on those flips and how to look at the market. Because of that, Fund That Flip, today's sponsor, has worked with him and put together a guide that is the seven tips to increase your real estate profits in today's market. Go check that out, go get that guide. I've read through it myself. I've learned a lot of things from it, from how to analyze the market cycles, as well as how to optimize profits and not lose money or mitigate your risk for losing money on your deals, go check it out, fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com forward slash best ever. You're going to learn the tools to better understand your local market and position your business for success. You're gonna know how to analyze the real estate cycle and how to use short-term investing to capitalize on the market cycle and seven concrete actionable tips to make more money on your deals. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the show where we cut out the fluff and we only talk about the best advice that moves your business forward. And this is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. Today is Friday. You made it to Friday. Congratulations. And guess what? We're doing Follow Along Friday because I think it would help you to learn what I got going on so you can learn from my mistakes, learn from any habits that you think are good and you want to pick up or you want to say, what the heck are you doing? Don't be doing that. However you want to approach it. But today we're going to talk about the real estate endeavors and the habits that I have that help me do those endeavors. And with us today to facilitate that conversation, the co-author of the best real estate investing advice ever book, volume one, Theo Hicks. Hey, Theo. Joe, how's it going? And thank you for having me back. Yeah, my pleasure, my friend. It is just so much smoother when I don't have to talk in a microphone by myself (laughs) with the dog just running around. I had such a hard time just doing a monologue. I'd much rather have you facilitate the conversation and you are the man when it comes to that. So I'm looking forward to this. So best ever listeners, special segment, follow along Friday. Let's go ahead and rock it out. Theo, how do you want to approach it? I think today, I think it'd be nice to kind of talk about your success habits, which is actually one of your lightning round questions. And so you typically get to ask the other guests what their best success habits are. And so I think it'd be good for the best ever listeners to know what your best success habit is. So if someone were to ask you in the lightning round, Joe, what is your best ever success habit? How would you respond? I think it all boils down to health. First and foremost, we don't have our health or if we're not vital and we don't have the sharp mind 
and we're focused on things that hurt our performance, then that's not going to be good. So first to me is the foundation of health. So my success habit that I've done for three years, minus probably 10 total days over three years, maybe not even 10. I even did this whenever I was on bachelor trip weekends in New Orleans. So that tells you how, how, how dedicated I am. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, I have a scoop of wheatgrass in the morning with a liter of water. And I do that because Tony Robbins talked about the alkalinity effect and how it's important to alkalize our body when we live in an acidic world and we put acidic things in our body. Acid is created from stress or just really exerting your body a lot. So I alkalize every morning, liter of water with a scoop of wheatgrass. The wheatgrass I use now is amazing grass. Buy it at GNC. It's like 30 bucks for a thing that will last you 30 days or you can buy a bigger one. I started out with Tony Robbins green. It was like a green supplement. That was like $60 and it lasted about 20, 25 days. And it was hard to get a hold of whenever I was out. You could do like regular shipments, but it, it was just a hassle, quite frankly. So I just went to Amazing Grass, Wheatgrass, and now I can get it at GNC or something if I'm on the road. You kind of quickly went over the benefits of that. And you were saying how, I guess, biologically, how it's the, the alkalines basically kind of offset the acid that we put into our bodies. But what are the, I guess, mental benefits that you get? You're kind of hitting on, on stress. But I was wondering yeah, if it- my eyes literally open up. As I'm drinking this liter of huh. water, like they're literally like, I'm, if you were in the room where I am, I'm opening up my eyelids with my fingers right now. <laughs> <laughs> but they're literally, they literally open up as I'm drinking this, especially if you have a couple beers the night before, you're craving this. Your body just needs this type of stuff to counterbalance what you just did to your body the night before. So from a practical standpoint, it wakes me up. It also hydrates me a lot better. I mean, quite frankly, would look at your pee, it's clear after you drink this. That's a good sign, I've been told. And it curbs my hunger too in the morning, uh, whether that's a good or bad thing, you know, depending on what study you read on what day, <laughs> that's a good or doesn't matter. But for me, it's a good thing because I am more focused on my work and less focused on what I'm going to eat that morning because that's basically what I have for breakfast. I don't know if this is theoretical because I can't remember where I saw this at, but I heard that some of the most successful people comment. I think I heard on Tim, Tim Ferriss podcast. And so that a common trait of the most successful people is they actually skip breakfast. It's interesting just because the, the common it's knowledge tells you how, you know, your breakfast is the number one meal of the day, which apparently is false by kind of multiple accounts. So something that's interesting you're talking about how your best success habit is the kind of physiological. I know Tony Robbins talks about that a lot, exercise and fitness. And I know you run a lot and I kind of wrote this down. And it seems like that's kind of like the underlying factor that all successful people need in order to even practice their other success habits, whether it be setting goals or whatnot. If you're not, in, if you're not healthy, you're not feeling good, how are you able to kind of do these other success habits? I'm sure there's got to be a correlation between like really high, healthy physiological health and the amount of success that you have. Yeah. The, I remember the first thing 
I did was I got a personal trainer. Even when I didn't have the money to pay for a personal trainer, I shouldn't have had the money to pay for a personal trainer because it was going on my credit card. This one, before I bought my first multifamily property. And the reason why is because because Tony Robbins said he did it when he was in the place where I was at at that time. Mm -hmm. Because he said, if I don't have my physical health and the vibrancy, then everything else is going to be affected by it. And it's true. I mean, one other success habit I do, I didn't think about it until right now. Anytime I'm about to get on a call with someone, I smile really big. (laughs) I smile really big and then I dial the number because I just want to have that portrayed through the phone to them whenever I'm talking to them. That's another thing that I do. Another is that I've been waking up on average at 5 a.m. every day. And I love my Fitbit, which perhaps is another habit. I'm looking at the times I've woken up in the last seven days. It's Sunday, it was 10, 27 a.m. Monday, 4.39. Tuesday, 6.26. Wednesday, 6.56. Thursday, 5.21 a.m. Friday, 4.23 a.m and Saturday, 8.15 a.m. So Sunday, I'm catching up on a whole bunch of sleep, but then during the week, waking up and averaging about, say, six hours or so of sleep and getting up on average around 5 a.m. That, to me, is a big key to my success or my approach to my business. I'll just say that. And that is whenever I wake up earlier, I feel like I have a jump start on every single person. I'm emailing you. Are you getting emails from me before you wake up? Oh, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was going to bring that up. <laughs> got them today. Yeah. I feel like I've got a leg up on you, baby, because I've got a couple hours in the day that most people are asleep and then I'm on my A game. It's just a good feeling. It's just a feeling of I'm on top of things. I'm not behind. So uh, before I address the sleeping, I want to go back to the smiling part because I thought that was interesting because I remember when we met at one of the mastermind meetups, I was showing you how I have like little quotes on my phones. And and one of the quotes I have in there right now is just says, look up and smile. When I read that for the first time, it's like, yeah, like whenever you're smiling, it's impossible for you to be angry when you're you're smiling, have a smile on your face. You can't be angry and happy at the same time. That doesn't make any sense or sad and happy at the same time. So obviously when you're going into some sort of interview or even if you're just going to do an email or you're about to start for me like writing a blog post you just kind of look up and smile and like oh this is great i get to do what i love every day so why would i complain but going back to what you're saying about getting up i'm curious to know is it something that you've always been able to do get up that early or is it a habit that you had to kind of forcefully create yourself and i guess another way of asking this is have you always been a morning person or have you forced yourself to become a morning person? Forced myself for sure. In high school, I was waking up at noon. In college, I was waking up at like noon 30. <laughs> I, I always been a night owl, but the difference is one, my life slash business coach, Trevor, who's also yours, who we have through the Tony Robbins program. He gave me a 30 day challenge. This was about a year ago to text him every morning at, at this time it was 6 a.m. or send him an email telling him basically that I'm up. Combine that with me just getting a taste of what it felt like to be ahead of the game. And then the most important factor is my girlfriend, Colleen, 
and fingers crossed soon to be fiance in next three, four months. She is a personal trainer. In addition to her full-time job, she does personal training in the mornings. And uh, she wakes up anytime between 4.05 a.m. to 4.50 a.m., depending on where she needs to be that day. That is the probably the main thing. She's a built-in alarm clock. She gets up that early, so I'm up that early. And that allows me to kind of stick with the routine. So it's it's good. I guess the takeaway is if you surround yourself with people who also wake up early, then it's a lot easier. But if you're surrounding yourself with sleepyheads, then it's going to be a lot harder because you're going to have to be the one who breaks that cycle. And if you do surround yourself with sleepyheads, then that's okay. I mean, you can only control you. But have an accountability partner, which goes back to my life coach. Have an accountability partner who is also getting up at that time, or at least you have some sort of accountability program with that person. I might steal that 30-day challenge idea from you and and email you every morning for the next 30 days at 6 a.m. just because I have trouble getting up early. And I, I whenever I do do it, it, it's very helpful. And for people that don't have significant others that are getting up at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m., I think that 30-day challenge is a really great tool that they can use to start getting up earlier. Even if it's college Joe getting up at noon, even if you, you know, college Joe does it at nine o'clock and kind of slowly mm-hmm. work your way down. So yeah. you get up early, you do your, your wheatgrass, and then obviously you email and, and then kind of what, what happens next? What's the next, I guess, anchor or structure you have in your day? And by the way, I'm all for you doing that challenge, but we're going to have to set up a new email account so I don't get blasted every morning because <laughs> I don't <laughs> I want to see you it. Probably. <laughs> it will be uh, Theo wakes up at 6 a.m. at gmail.com and feel free to email that every single day as much as you'd like. me. <laughs> <laughs> as far as the rest of the day, the only other staple I can think of, well, two, one is some form of exercise over the last two, three weeks, I've run at least three miles every day. And the Fitbit really helps with that because the goal is 10,000 steps a day. And I have reached that with the exception of a couple days where I was traveling. The other thing is I do a daily journal. And I've talked about that on the show before. All I do, it's a Word document. And I have the day's date. I have a bullet point underneath. And then I just type whatever I want to type. It could be about a deal I'm doing. It could be about my relationship with Colleen. It could be about stuff we've done. It could be about you, Theo. It could be about the podcast metrics, you know, the downloads. It could be about where I'm at in fundraising for a deal. I mean, any number of things. And one, it's a therapy session. It's just... It's such a relief to get out my thoughts on paper to talk through, okay, this is what I'm worried about and here are some potential solutions. It just helps me fall asleep at night. Two is the progress that you get to see from where you were at this day last year or lack thereof. It's amazing the perception that we have of it's not going to take us very long to fix this, but in reality, it might take a very long time But if we didn't have that perception, then we might not ever fix it in the first place because we might think it's too big of a task to handle. I've seen that in a couple things with my business ventures. But 
it's also nice to reflect back on the progress of where I was and the type of deals I was working on before and where my psychology was, what my thoughts were and the problems or the challenges I was coming across then a year ago and then the challenges I'm coming across now and how they are continuing to, thank goodness, evolve into quality challenges. And that's simply because I choose to make them be quality challenges, not chronic. I think because we, we've talked about this before, and I was under the impression that you did it in the morning. So you do this, this is like the last thing you do before you go to bed? I do it whenever I can that day. Sometimes I'll do it in the morning. Sometimes I'll do it during the day. Sometimes I'll do it before I go to bed. And other times I'll do it multiple times. Like I'll do it in the morning and then I'll be like, okay, it's now 5.45 p.m. Colleen just got home. We're about to do dinner. We're going to go to some restaurant. Looking forward to it. Jack, which is our doggy, Jack's playing with a treat right now. You know, whatever it is. So I'll mix it up. The most important thing for me is I just put something on paper or in this case in a Word document every day. From, I guess when the thought initially came into your head, do this journal until you actually started doing it consistently, how long a time was that? Was it like the first time someone told you to do it? You did it right that day and then you've done it ever since? Or was there like a, a buffer period where you kind of like struggled doing it for one reason or another? I think I saw a TED Talk video on it. I don't remember. I don't remember when I heard about it. But my mentality is if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to be consistent about it. And then after giving it a period of time to fail or succeed, I will then reassess. That's how I approach things. And perhaps it's not merely a success habit, but it's just a core belief that I have. That's why I do the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. Yeah, Uh, That's just my approach. And with the journal, same thing. Once I decided to do it, hey, I'm in it. I'm doing it. I'm all in. And then as I kept going 30 days into it, 60 days, 90 days, I realized this is something that is beneficial for me. Oh, yeah, 100%. Would you say that once you're able to form one habit, so for instance, like in your situation, once you were able to form the habit of doing the amazing grass daily and kind of having that program in your head or that belief in your head of how you actually form a habit, you can kind of use that exact same mental process to kind of form any habit. The essence of how you formed your amazing grasp habit, you can use that to form your workout habit and to form your journaling habit. And it seems like once you do it that one time and have that, I guess, breakthrough, then you can kind of apply that to everything. Do you see that kind of playing out in your life too or no? Yeah, absolutely. It's just a consistency factor that I focus on with all my endeavors that I'm successful at. If I'm not consistent, then it fades to black and I'm not successful at it. And then the question becomes, well, what? how do you choose what to be consistent at and what not to? And we've talked about this last week, and that is you find what you're really good at. If you don't know, then ask people around you, hey, what do you think I'm good at? And if they say nothing, then Tell them, screw off and go find some new friends because they're not real friends. But the people around you will know what you're good at and what your talents are. And you don't have to say it all mushy-gushy like that, but you can basically get that answer from them by asking them questions. And then find something that aligns with that from a business standpoint and do it consistently. And yes, so all my other ventures for like my raising money for deals... 
I have a system for doing it. I have a system for staying in touch with investors. I know what markets the majority of my investors are in. DFW, New York City, Miami, Cincinnati, and Los Angeles. Those are the main markets, those five markets. So because I'm consistent with tracking that and making a word cloud from the spreadsheet I have, I know what are my five vacation spots I should go to and spend more time in because I know I'll be able to meet and hang out with more of my investors in those locations. I also have a lot of really good investors all over the country and in one case, the world, Louisville and other places. But if I don't consistently track that stuff and I don't take that approach with my business and methodically look at it, then I would just be shooting in the dark and I wouldn't be able to continue to do more deals and grow and so I choose to take that approach. So the, the wheatgrass approach, you, it's an interesting connection that you made, and it's true. The wheatgrass approach, the, the approach that I take with the journal, the same approach I take with tracking investors who I'm having conversations with and who have invested in my deals. And then I take that another level and, and identify different areas or cities that I should go spend more time in and meet them and spend more time with them. Yeah, Totally. It's like a chain reaction. If people can just form just one habit or they can form one system or they can be consistent at one single thing, then like that's all you need to do. And then you have to put in additional effort. But now you have the procedure to apply it to anything that you want to do. And obviously, you're a perfect example of that because it's just you're applying it to just all aspects of life and you're just kind of crushing it in so many different areas and in, in health and relationships and career and and everything like that. So that's why I wanted to get into the your habits, just because so people can see where it started and then what it, it's gotten to in just really only a, a handful of years. So I think we've, we've given a lot of of great information for the best ever listeners to kind of absorb and, and contemplate and think about and figure out how they can apply it to their lives as well. Yeah, yeah. And just to close it out, I will say that you're right. It only has been a handful of years. January of 2013 was when I was no longer in advertising. So it's been three and a half years. And in July of 2013 is when I bought my first multifamily property. So I had never raised a penny before. And the way to get from that point to where I'm at now, best ever listeners, if you'd like to take that path or a similar path, would be to do things, as we've talked about consistently, every single day that align towards where you want to go. And you've got to build a platform, which is another conversation for maybe uh, maybe another episode. Maybe we talk about that next week. Absolutely. Um, but building a platform that you can continue to grow, cultivate, and establish meaningful relationships with people and friendships. So, Theo... Enjoyed this conversation, as always. How do you think it went? I think this was a, another great one, another great one. Every time we have a conversation, I always learn a lot, and I've got a lot of notes. That I'm sure you take notes when you do your podcast, and I take notes when I'm listening to other people's podcasts. And i got a lot of different ideas and things that I'm going to try to apply to my life that have worked for you. So thank you for that. Yay. My pleasure, and thanks for being on the show and helping facilitate this conversation. Last thing I will mention, you just reminded me, I have another habit that I do that I don't think a lot of people do, 
And that is on every single phone call that I have, I have a blank Word doc in front of me. If it's the first time I've talked to that person, I have their name, I have the date, and I have bullet points ready. And I am typing notes about that phone call. And I have a folder on my desktop, and it says phone calls. And I have a bunch of Word files. Each file is named based off of that person's name. And anytime I talk to them, I simply open up that Word document and I see when was the last time I talked to them and what did we talk about. And I'm able to pick up the conversation right where we left off. That's one success habit that I've never talked to anyone about that I actually do that methodically. But that's my approach. That's one of those success habits I think that kind of takes you to the next level. Because as you said, if you are able to go back and look at what you talked about in your last conversation, whether it be a last week with us or two years ago, if you bring up something that was talked about in the last conversation about that person, they're going to think the world of you and they're going to think that you basically care about them. So that's another one I'm stealing too. (laughs) Well, Theo, thanks so much for being on the show again. Best ever listeners, really appreciate you taking the time out of your day, morning, evening to spend time with us. Hope you have a best ever weekend and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Are you looking to earn passive income through turnkey rental properties? If so, then go check out hipsterinvestments.com. Allie Boone's the founder of Hipster Investments. It's a aesthetically pleasing website and you'll know what I mean when you go check it out. I just love the color palette. In addition to that though, Allie has some wonderful content on both passive investing through turnkey rental properties as well as how to design your life. Go to hipsterinvestments.com.